to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number nine. We're broadcasting from AEA headquarters here on Tuesday, October 27th. One week out until election day. The most consequential election of our lives. Lives. I'm your co-host, Tom Pyle. I'm your co-host, as Mike McKenna. Welcome back, everybody. So, one more week. Biden has announced he's got a lid for the rest of the campaign, which uh, I think is probably a wise thing based on some of his recent appearances. How, would, it, how earth- would anyone know? <laughs> Nothing earth-shattering coming out from you. What are you thinking about? Uh, still still at uh, a firm 25% chance with a path. That was where we left off yeah, I think he's last probably, time. Yeah, I think the president's probably at about 30%. I think everyone's kind of getting hardened in now. The only question is, is who's going to show up on game day and... S- Everybody, one one quick thing on the on the mechanics of it, right? Everyone's getting all excited about early voting and early turnout. Yeah, I was we, just going to bring that up. Yeah, we literally have no way of knowing whether that means anything at all. So the right way to think about it is it probably doesn't um, until we can figure out whether it does. Yeah, I think I saw something on Twitter where Trump put a put something on the chairs of uh, some reporters saying that the voters on election day are like double digit. Support yeah. over over I, Biden. I mean, that's, it doesn't, it doesn't right. matter. And that's does, a, none, that's none the it. thing about it, right? You know, we're getting right. we're getting all these calls. Like last last go around, we had like a I think 135 million voter you know, turnout, um, and they're like, ah, it's going to be 160 million this time, which would be the largest jump ever. There's just no way of knowing until we actually get to the end of this story, right? For all we know, election day is going to be empty. Everyone who voted in advance. So I, anytime anybody says, well, the trend is this way in the early voting, pay no attention. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I I don't have a clue. I mean, the I was talking about this earlier with the staff. This campaign, I've talked about this already. This is almost to the letter an exact replica of 2016 for the Democrats and for President Trump for that matter. The only difference is it's not Hillary and it's Biden. And the question is is that going to be enough? Is that no, going to no. be good enough? The other the other thing that's different is the the magnitude of the of the democratic candidate nominees lead is bigger, right? Right. I know there are other differences, but the the actual narrative of the yeah, campaign yeah. is identical. Yeah, it's it's the the same now now Joe Biden is closing in on Georgia, he's closing in on Texas. This could be a route yeah, I'm a little I, unclear. I just, I, okay, so they sent they sent Senator Harris to Texas, like right after the debate, and and I thought to myself, that's odd. After you basically just said you'd like Texas to get erased from the the states, right? Like, hey, we're gonna get rid of oil. I'm like, we need rid of oil and gas. I'm like, well, that's a problem if you're in Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas, um, Pennsylvania, Ohio, right? It it the, the fact that they hey we're still alive in Texas. I'm like, well. Here's the thing. Those those million or so guys in Texas who work in the in the oil business in some way or another, some of those folks may have been thinking about voting for Joe Biden. Some of them may have been thinking about going deer hunting next week. None of those people are now thinking that way. Yeah. Well, and that's the reason why he's probably going to be in the in the basement for the rest of the week, because he's only, as you pointed out last week, he is only losing votes every time he opens his mouth at this point. And is it's just it's a real question mark for me um, on election day, how this is going to go. I know it's like, oh, everything says it's Biden's hands down. Pennsylvania, as I just saw a headline, 94% chance of going 
for Biden. I just, I don't see it. A couple of percentages here, African-American voters, a couple of percentages there, Latinos, a couple of percentages here and there. I I just, it's just going to be another surprise, surprising evening. I don't, I don't think any, anything that anybody has predicted thus far is going to come well, well course, someone will, because someone will, will have, have been I, lucky, I, course, and, you know, through a dart. But I, I, of course, will predict the accurate, um, the accurate final count on Monday for friends and family. But, but this will show itself real quickly. And let me give you, a, let me give you two specific stories. Right, one is in uh, 2016. I was a little nervous about having predicted that Trump was going to win in front of so many people. Um, but then the Clinton campaign did something very, very kind to me. They set up an election eve, get out the vote effort in the middle of Philadelphia in uh, right, yeah, which is in a, Freedom Hall, right? Which was a pure dead tip that they were they freaking were, out. They were taking water in, in Pennsylvania, yeah. right? So fast forward four years minus a handful of days, and who shows up in Philadelphia to do a get out the vote Monday of this week? Yeah, the former president, the former Obama. president of the United States, and by the way, wasn't didn't blow me away by any by, by any measure. Nobody showed uh, up. It was a it was a dead event. There were more people in the Walmart parking lot across but, the way. But the fact that the fact that um, cars that that is the fact that there's still the fact that the Biden campaign still feels the need to send their top surrogate to Pennsylvania to talk about get out the vote tells you that they know it's not over, right? Sure. Because if if it was really if Pennsylvania was really locked up, throw away the key number, they'd have sent President Obama to Georgia or they'd have sent him to Texas, right. but they didn't. So. Well, and again, I'm going to go back to my you know, registration, get out the vote. Trump's rallies are just as vivid as ever, even in COVID. There's just, I mean, there's just a lot of signs here that uh, there could be another upset on election night. So debate, the last and final debate. Yeah. of, of- The game changer. Of both of these guys, right? I mean, I assume Biden's not going to run again. He barely's running this time, so let's assume he's not going to run again. You, you are watching two old guys, like I said, returning soup in a deli. Um, <laughs> and, you know, poor Kristen Welker, who, you know, gave money or her husband gave money to Biden or or President Obama or somebody. You know, ordinarily I feel bad for people in the media, but she kind of deserved it. Yeah, I've got one clip I want to uh, play. It's um, in the back and forth during the climate change. I, I don't want to play the entire thing because it's too long, but I want to do and boring. do a little vintage. Don't forget, don't forget boring. It was too. I want to do a little vintage Trump here, and then we'll get to Biden's gaffe. President Trump, Excuse me. please respond, energy, and then I have to We are follow. energy independent for the first time. We don't need all of these countries that we had to fight war over because we needed their energy. We are energy independent. I know more about wind than you do. It's extremely expensive, kills all the birds. It's very intermittent. It's got a lot of problems. And they happen to make the windmills in both Germany and China. And the fumes coming up, if you're a believer in carbon emission, the fumes coming up to make, make these massive windmills is more than anything that we're talking about with natural gas, which is very clean. One other thing. Find me a solar. Say that. I love solar, but solar doesn't quite have it yet. It's not powerful yet to, to really run our big, beautiful factories that we need to compete with the world. So False. it's all a pipe dream. But you know what we'll do? We're going to have the greatest economy in the world. But if you want to kill the economy, get rid of your oil industry. Vintage Donald Trump. Yeah. Loved it. it. it, Actually, it was really great. 
just a, just a, I'm going <laughs> to say whatever I came to say and some of it's going to be right and some of it's going to be incomprehensible and it's going to be, some of it's going to be great. It, but he it, did make some key points. Uh, sure. There's Inter- always energy independence, intermittency. This stuff doesn't work. Doesn't, doesn't run our big, beautiful factories. Yeah. I mean, you know, all that's great. Um, you know, is he going to sign off on an extension of the win PTC if he's reelected? Well, that's the be, question I'd ask. Of course, but that that's a little bit higher level. It, uh, really? Because that's actually point. the important part of the conversation. Well, it is, and it will be our job to, to remind him of that. Sure. Hey, Mr. President. When he gets swept in. When he squeaks in. <laughs> when he squeaks in. <laughs> All right, let's get to the gaff. Uh, this it's is worth just one. It's not a gaff. It's not a bug. It's a feature. All right. He meant to say this. Let's get to the the part that he probably wished he hadn't actually said in debate, because I don't know if you notice this, but uh, we're hearing that he's been telling people privately that he will or or will not do certain things, which baffles me because... That's a lie. There's nobody... There's nothing private anymore. That's a lie. First of all. And second of all, it's like, yeah, I'm telling all these people this, but I'm actually not going to do that, so don't worry. Yeah, if you, you you know... Talking about the mining... Yeah, about you know, if you like me, president, I'm going to take care of the critical mining thing, critical minerals thing. So don't worry about the Chinese. It's a lie. Anytime any politician says or any politician stooge says, well, privately they think this, that's a lie. In Washington, you know, the two the two definitions we've got to have before you write this thing is, in Washington, a gaffe is something that you believe but weren't supposed to say, and something you say privately is a lie that either you or your stooges are putting out to give a false ho- sense of security to people who would otherwise uh, oppose what you're doing. And, you know, Biden, 50 years in town, he knows better stuff. He knows more and better about this stuff than I do. All right, let's get to it. Here it is. Okay, I have one final would question. Would he close it's down false. the oil industry? Or would you close it's down false. the oil industry? Well, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. That it is a big statement that's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But that's a big statement. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. You won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas, excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do right. to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically what he's saying is he is going to destroy the oil industry. Okay. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you okay. remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, so the good news is it's out. You know, bad news is campaign spent like the rest of the week trying to explain, well, he didn't actually mean that. I'm like, dude, he... He's a grown man who's going to be president of the United States if he wins. He he means it. He, he clear about what he means. So um, there's no hiding anymore, right? And the great thing about that is, is that all these there's a bunch of great things about it, right? Clarity is always a good thing. My favorite thing about it is, is that all these fake fakes a strong word. All these synthetic, conservative, Republican, environmental, and energy groups. They now have a question. Are you pregnant or aren't you? Are you saved or aren't you? Are you in favor of the extermination of the oil industry or are you not? And, you know, it's not going to be a question anybody can dodge anymore. It is wheat and chaff, 
sheep. Yeah, goats. well, it's also kind of harkens back to the the Hillary Cole coal miners and coal out of business comment, right? And then yeah, except there's a big difference. You could ignore coal. I, I most people most people there never interacted with coal. Everybody interacts with oil every day. And like I said, it's going to be impossible for folks on the left to avoid. It's going to be impossible for folks sort of pretend on the right to avoid. You know who you are. You know who I'm talking about, Benji. Look, now that we have both the carbon tax and the extermination of the oil industry that are live issues now, right? Since, you know, keep in mind carbon tax in the unity platform, in the select committee on the end of the world's document, right? Um, and in in the American moving forward thing, right? You know, is are we now getting to a point of clarity in this conversation? Are we are we are we clear about asking people, are you in favor or opposed to what's going on? I'm not sure how I'm not sure we are. I do I do think that the the fact of the fact that Biden continues to try to run away from the question and yet continues to answer the question in a, in a way that is revealing is an indicator that he's really re- recognizes how captured well the party is uh with these with the, they, with these AOCs and yeah. and sunrisers I mean, and everything you know, else i mean he doesn't want to he doesn't want to piss anybody off right i get that but there's a huge chasm of difference between not allowing hydraulic fracturing on federal lands any new hydraulic fracture on federal lands and getting rid of the oil industry. There's a huge difference between not allowing uh, intangible drilling costs to be expensed and getting rid of the oil industry, right? I mean, and he is either unaware or incapable of explaining those differences. Um, Either way, it's probably not a good look for a president of the United States because these questions are not going away. It's like the Hunter Biden thing. It's not going away. Even if he gets a different job on January 20th, he's still going to have to answer all these questions. I have a feeling that the Democrats are going to be on election night. If it goes by, if it goes to Biden, are going to be looking around going, we should have been more careful what we wished for because yeah. we're going to get it. Yeah. I mean, you I know, mean, the, this, the, so there isn't, I mean, they can only sweep him into the basement for so long. Well, so, so. Politico, not to not to pimp a rival here, Politico uh, has been running this transition tracker, right? And all these all of these all of these people who are involved in transition, all these people who are like teeing themselves up for jobs in the administration, are all a bunch of Obama retreads. And I'm pretty confident they're about as excited as having Obama retreads in charge as we would have been to have a bunch of Bush retreads in charge in 2016, right? Yep. Now you know it's just it, it's it's just like Hey, this guy failed to deliver on anything you wanted. We're going to put him in charge. Exactly right. It, and exactly so, right. You know, I, I guarantee you, it may not be election night, but two days after, they're all going to look around, going, "How? How did all these Obama guys sneak back in here?" All right. So debate game changer, probably not, but uh, crystallized uh, for us anyway for Energy World uh, exactly what we've been talking about for a very long time. Moving on, ACB has become the newest Supreme Court justice. She was sworn in yesterday evening. I was wrong. I didn't think it would be it would get done. I'm glad I was wrong in this case. Yeah, I mean the bottom line is is that um Senator McConnell is just he's he's 
He's just a lot better at this than most other people. And he's got, you know, and, and, and it turns out, and I, I, you know, this was, this was a known thing, right? It turns out he was the biggest advocate for Barrett from the get-go, right? Yeah, and, I'm, I'm reading rumblings of this. Yeah, um, and it was he true. He pushed it's back true, on right? a couple other names sure. that were floated to him. Sure. I mean, you know, he, he, understood that, he understood that it was most likely to energize um, voters in a bunch of different states were going to help his guys. And more than that, it was the right answer. Well, I was just going to say it was a, the, the absolute right pick. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and he, and, and reasons. in all fairness, he'd watched the administration stumble through two good, but not great picks, mm -hmm. right? You know, guys, guys who are, eh, sure, whatever. We need another white dude who, like, doesn't <laughs> annoy anybody. Hey, I got a guy, Brett Kavanaugh. Hey, I got a guy, Neil Gorsuch, right? That, that, what, what, what people on the left don't understand, what people on the right don't understand is that's over. Those days are over when you can just throw your jock out there and go, hey, you know, he's a nice guy and we really like him and he's a white dude and he's got some cash and, you know, he's smart and he went to the right schools. That's over. You got to have a record. You better be able to perform. You better be smart. You better be tough. And well, if, I mean, if you saw the contrast, we, we, we had a laugh about the contrast in the last podcast, but it is entirely it's right there it's just completely in the yeah man right there kavanaugh had notes everywhere scraping everything scribbling yeah and it's stumbling. a and granted the That's guy was accused of so horrible what? things so what? uh so it probably rattled him a little but it didn't change wouldn't have likely have changed how he approached the whole confirmation georgetown hearing. he's a georgetown prep punk. right acb by I the way was i time. think Kyle said this yesterday in his closing speech, but uh, I think she's the first Supreme Court justice not to have graduated from Harvard or Yale. No, that's not true. She's the first not to have done it, like in the last fifteen picks, right? Okay. Well, yeah. in in our time, then. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and and you know what? The country would be a lot better off if we picked, you know, our justices from normal law schools. Yeah. You know, it it. it I mean, I'm, I'll get over the Notre Dame thing, but other than that, her, it's okay. just impeccable. So the best, the best <laughs> of the, the best of the whole night was when, when they when the Marine Band played the Victory March. Yeah, after yeah, she yeah. swore in. So um, cheer, the um, the Vice President had some really wake up the echoes cheering. <clears throat> fight on the the, <laughs> the the Vice President had some rather kind. Not he had some interesting things to say about it. Let me let me play this clip. Here's the deal. One of the things that, that, that is important is that um, keep in mind, although they're going to vote on uh, uh, ballots, I think today, yeah. Okay, I'm going to put this clip in the notes because you have to see it as well as hear it and it wasn't the, the greatest um feed but whoa that um, was insane yeah i mean it was 29 seconds of mostly dead air when a, when a guy running for president of the united states couldn't answer a simple question about a supreme court nominee that approximately 300 million americans could have answered right and it wasn't so much that it was 29 seconds it was 29 seconds of dead air he, he obviously had no ability to recall what either the scripted answer was nor develop one on his own in the time frame allotted to him 
and the. Um, it's not like he didn't have a little bit of time to think about it uh, either. It's. And I'm not trying to dump on the guy, but this is the person that the Democrats have put up for the presidency of the United States of America. Yeah, you know, say what you want about the current president. Sometimes he's bombastic. Sometimes he's inaccurate, but he's always on. Right. He's fully aware that if he's in public, somebody can ask him any question at any time. And he, he needs to, you know, he needs to play the stump the president game. Um, I mean, he's I, he's know. more transparent and available to the media yeah. than yeah. the previous administration and be, and beyond that. Yeah. I mean, this whole notion that he's somehow like, you know, not accessible is he's fine. He's too accessible. That's the problem. Yes. But the fact that, you know, the fact that Vice President Biden seems to have an inability or a difficulty in thinking on his feet. You know, makes you wonder. It's a pleasant question asked by the press in the middle of the afternoon. What happens if he has a 29-second hiccup during a nuclear war, right? Yeah, and then um, right out of the box, the squad, as they're, they like to call themselves, or at least uh, don't d dissuade people from calling them that, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, um, both tweeted out, expand the court. Nancy Pelosi joined the chorus as well with uh, MSNBC saying, let's take a look and see. Uh, also, Ed Markey, hack the court, expand the court. We must expand the Supreme Court. We must end the filibuster. So it's live. It's on for sure. I mean, AOC's. everyone's talking about her putting someone up against Schumer if he doesn't you know, do her, do, do her bidding and or maybe run she's, herself. She's going to run herself. Look, the thing, the thing that people don't get is that, you know, Senator Schumer's a dead man. Right? He's, 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 he's spent so long waiting for this moment. Yeah, he's a dead man, right? And, and he, he thinks that if he just, you know, if he, if he um, can just be a better lapdog, that, you know, she'll, she'll let him be the senator. And I'm like, that you should grow um, some, some uh, intestinal fortitude. And understand that either you're going to have to beat her in a primary or your time being a senator is over. Um, but this ridiculous, I'm going to hope and like, she, I'm hoping she doesn't want to steal my cheese. Forget it, yeah. dude. She's already, she already had that cheese marked oh, as yeah. hers. Absolutely. You know, you, you, she's on a roll too. We talked about roll. this. Yeah. She's, she's taken down a, a Kennedy. She went after Jeff Bezos and won, even though it you yeah. know, probably was a disaster for her constituents. Doesn't make any difference to her. Right, of course. She doesn't care about the people in that district. Well, that's not fair. I'm sure she cares about some of the people in that district. She probably genuinely believes that thing would have been a mistake. But um, that doesn't mean she's not ambitious. And doesn't mean she's already knocked off a bunch of people who are bigger and badder than Chuck Schumer. Yep. So And um, Marky. Yeah, who she? Marky's, you know, Marky right there, tweeted right behind her. Marquee's, yeah, let's do it. Expand the court. Marky is now a complete and utter stooge, right? So, um, it's a, it's a, it was interesting, right? I'm, 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 I'm curious to see how this thing goes, because, um, you know, we've just seen this, right? The whole Republican Party basically has followed Trump, perhaps over a cliff, maybe not. Is the Democratic Party going to follow her over a cliff? And the answer is, so far, yeah, they look like they're going to do it. Yeah, well, it would be it would be actually great for us because it would mean that they would be a little bit delayed in their massive giveaways uh, giveaway program. Speaking of infrastructure, this was one of, and I guess apparently one of Biden's final campaign appearances. He brought up the issue of infrastructure, uh, along with re-upping his call to get rid of subsidies for oil industry. Build, build back. I want to play. Uh, no, no, uh, I want to play this clip. Hold on a sec. 
Unlike Donald Trump, I don't think big oil companies need a handout of federal government. We're going to get rid of the $40 billion fossil fuel subsidies, and we're going to invest it in clean energy and carbon capture. Look, Donald Trump had to deliver on a damn thing he said he'd do. He hadn't delivered on infrastructure. He talked in 2017, 18, 19, 20. He's going to give us an infrastructure plan. He hadn't done a damn thing for our roads, our bridges are crumbling, just as climate change is accelerating and more frequent extremes and weather events. Not just wildfires in California and hurricanes along the coast, but here in Luzerne County, we're flooding along the Susquehanna. We can do something about it, but we've got to come together. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to describe how I feel about that. Just a lot of stuff in there. Just a lot of stuff. It was a bowl of minestrone soup. It was a, it was a, it was a, did I forget to say like somebody? Oh, I actually cut the part out where he shifted over to schools and, and paying for the, fixing the schools with billionaire, you know, tax, tax increases. It's whoa. First of all, did he not see the irony of trashing big oil at a car rally where the response was honking Honking the horn? Okay, that's number one. It just cracked me up. I was like, okay, whatever. That's number one. Number two, he wants to build more roads and bridges to do what? Yeah, to increase vehicle miles traveled. To do what? To stop climate change. It's, I mean, what, what was going on with that whole thing, man? It's so, you know, it, the whole thing, it's going to so over the so so over the course of the last week, I've listened to um, a bunch of Democrat on these, you know, song and dance with Democratic analysts. And they're always they're telling, oh, in the first hundred days, we're going to do this, going to do that, going to do this other thing. I'm like. You guys can't even figure out like which of these things you want to do. <laughs> like, you know, we need gonna... to build more roads and bridges so we can stop climate change. We need to build more roads and bridges so more cars can drive over. No, wait a minute, that's not the right answer. Hold on for a honk, second. Honk, 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 honk. I gotta, I it's like they answer. applauded that line by honking their horns. The other thing that makes me wonder, by the way, I'm sure the cars are all running too. Um, the other thing that makes me crack up is is that how does a guy like Vice President Biden get away with saying somebody else has done nothing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm he hadn't like, done a damn thing. You know, this guy has seriously taken up space in D.C. for 50 years. And when he has opined on something, he's been wrong. Yeah, pretty much. He was wrong on the first Iraq war, wrong on the second one, wrong about killing bin Laden, wrong about, like, um, yeah, stopping flights from China. <laughs> I mean, just... It, it, and wrong. what he did... When this guy's been, that this he guy's got been cr- wrong so far. He's been, he was wrong about intermediate nuclear missiles in... in in Europe, when I was a child, he was wrong. The thing he got credit for, the crime bill, that is turning out, is turning yeah, he's, out he's turning away from that as fast as he can. Yeah. Speaking of accomplishments, um, I wanted to spend a couple of minutes going over President Trump's energy accomplishments Yay. because either it will be a continuation of, and we can talk about that as well. I think we've we've jagged on it a little bit, but I I think that uh, easily you could come come up with a list of twelve, fifteen fairly significant things that the president has done these past four years that if they stick, which if they make their way to the Supreme Court is likely to be the case, I think the chances have been increased as a result of yesterday's swearing in the repeal of the clean power plan, which was the Obama rule that mm-hmm. basically would have you know killed coal at the plant level, um, stayed by the 
moderate Supreme Court, unprecedented stay, um, that's going to make it. Yeah, whatever the new rule is called, I can't remember. The ACE rule or whatever. ACM. Yeah, affordable, clean and energy rule. <laughs> Build back better. Withdrawal of Paris officially on November 4th, ironically, if he gets reelected. We'll be out of Paris at least until January 21st, between we'll be... the 4th and the 21st. So I am going to celebrate, that's for sure. 75 days. Yep. Yeah. Um, the safe vehicles rule. Yep. Which yeah. is the uh, mile yeah. per gallon cafe. Combine that with the um, waiver, denial of the California waiver, which will, even if the uh, Biden gets elected and Mary Nichols becomes the uh, EPA administrator, which, you know, I'm, I'm guessing she will. 75 years old. Yeah. Young. It's going to be an administration full of apparently doddering oldsters. But even if... She comes, whoever it is, if they if they do the dance that, that Obama did by canceling Bush's denial of the waiver, it still goes to court, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless the autos come in and try to cut a deal, which California will then, in my opinion, be heavily incentivized to encourage some kind of an agreement. Because if this gets adjudicated in the Supreme Court and they lose... They will never be able to regulate GHG at the tailpipe unless Congress yeah. changes the law. Yeah. So there is no incentive for California to actually see this thing make its way to the Supreme no. Court. And the last thing you want to do is give it to this Supreme Court, right? I've got Waters of the U.S., the, the WOTUS sure, deal. Which... We'll be back, we'll be back in, in litigation. We're in litigation on that forever until somebody in Congress actually gives us a decision about what exactly is a navigable water. I've got opening Anwar. Been been thirty plus years. Been working on that in various is that a forms. Positive? Are we counting that as a positive? I think it's great. Do Absolutely. Like, do we like helping Alaskans at this point? I do, uh, in spite of who they their representative Honestly, is. Honestly, if the, the Russians Senate, if the I, Russians no, gave us the right number, I am pro Alaskan. If the I Russians gave us the right number, I think about giving no way, it back. man. Absolutely not. Maybe a straight trade for the Kamchatka Peninsula. Nope. No, opening Anwar is huge. Uh, Keystone, Dakota Access. Sure, we'll count those. I've got uh, one in, two out on the on the regulations. We have not done nearly as well on regulations as the propaganda would have you believe. Well, I think we've done a, a pretty we've done good job okay. com comparatively okay, speaking. We've I done mean, okay, but we have we haven't had a president who couldn't give two two beans about the greens. Yeah, uh, that's true. And that's, see, that's what's so frustrating is that we've so. made no institutional changes on the regulatory process, despite the fact that we've held the keys to the car for four years. When Biden comes in, he's going to be able to essentially pick up right where, right where the Obama guys left off, which is not good. Um, but yeah, but there's still going to be. It's still going to take a while for them to, to it, go through the it process. It will take a while for them to find it. Yeah, but, and but the difference is, it will be harder for them to expand with the new the the Supreme Court make up the, yeah, the yeah, new I agree court. With that. I agree with that. My point is, is that, you know, it's not that we haven't done great things. It's that we could have done a lot better on the regulatory side. Okay. Uh, fair so, enough. But so that's it. Yeah. The two things, two things that are not on your list, right. That you at least not that you're right. Right. One is methane. Um, one is methane. The other is uh, uh, Andy Wheeler's done a pretty good job um, grinding away at the national priorities list on Superfund. Yeah. And which right. is really what the EPA was actually set up to do in the first place. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, that that's right. something that is lost on, on yeah. you know, people and, who, and who nobody are... really nobody really talks about it. But, you know, I, I, my per, my personal preference would have been a, a more, you know, again, a more institutional approach to how the NPL comes to be. 
that said, I'm glad somebody's finally getting off their asses and doing something about it. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think though it also it's his orientation about these issues that is that is significant and that will be obviously lost if he's not reelected. Yeah, I mean, I mean he he understands at his core the importance of affordable and reliable energy. Yeah. And its impact on the economy and workers and families. Yeah. And and I have said this through the past three four, three years plus. With when reporters you know ask me, they're bewildered that why on earth would Donald Trump do this if the auto industry doesn't even want it, or if you know a major oil company doesn't even want it, methane right, uh, cafe with uh, with the autos. It's because he is not doing it for them. Yeah. It, it, they can't fathom that he wouldn't yeah. be doing big no, businesses bidding. I don't blame him. That's a Republican. You know, you, you, if the only thing you know about the Republican Party was the twelve years of the Bushes and the eight years they spent in opposition to um, to Clinton and the eight years they spent in opposition to Obama, you would come away with the same thought too, because that's what it that's what it has been. And he's different, right? The problem with the president is not that he um, is not that he doesn't have the right orientation. He does. The problem is he didn't hire the right people to make the institutional changes that could have been made and now cannot be made. And it's all I'm saying is the next time we get somebody in who doesn't know anything about government, probably should try to make sure he hires a bunch of people who know at least something about it. Okay. Well, I will say this too, that the Donald Trump presidency stopped the momentum, a third Obama term, a a first Hillary term would have continued this steamroll that we would have seen. And I think the the one of the most important things was simply just putting a pause on this mm. whole entire apparatus. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he unwound the climate action plan. You and I talked about this. Yeah. Obama's entire he if he was he wasn't a lot of things, but one thing he was committed to was integrating this climate action business into every single agency in in the federal yeah, government. Let me, let me throw one other thought out there. One other way the president has changed the, the system, right? Because it's not institutional, but it's, it, it may be as important, right? He has uh, expanded, uh, the, he expanded the realm of things you can, you can legitimately, the questions you can legitimately raise nowadays, right? So whoever's going to vote for him out there, right? Let, let's just, let's just throw a number out there. Say he's going to get 75 million votes um, uh, next Tuesday, right? Um, even if he loses, it's still going to be 75 million people that voted for him, even with reservations and probably another 25 million who like him and understand what's going on. And that's just a whole new cohort that sees the world now in ways they didn't see it before. You know, the, the thing about the Reagan revolution was not so much what happened in the government. It's what happened in the minds of men. Remember what my friend Matt says, right? Men must change before kingdoms change. And, you know, the, 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 big, the big difference that Trump's made, you know, that's going to last well beyond him being president is he has shown people what goes on behind the curtain. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's been a, really it's been tremendous in that regard. I mean, you and I, we, we toil in this town and we, you know, are openly frustrated about how it works, the swamp, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, you can work in it and still not like it. You can earn a living in it and still not like it. But like the reason that we exist as an organization, the Alliance, is because we want to strip all this stuff out. Yeah. We don't want the government involved in any of this business. It's not their place. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, I'm tired of like having to say, oh, well, if you're not, you don't have a climate plan. You can't talk to me if you're not for something. We are for something. We are for getting this, getting the government out of our business, right? And letting the markets and letting individuals choice, innovation, all that other stuff handle it because it does it better every single time throughout history. And Trump isn't a free marketeer by any means. We have never given him that moniker, but he understands that fundamental, which that that which is fundamental uh, in terms of the encroachment of government and how it basically just takes over. Yeah, we're we're probably one or two presidents away from from realizing sort of the the vision, right? You know, two good ones. It, it's it's this. This president was a necessary was a necessary part of the path to getting where we're going because the Republican Party that we had five years ago, they, we weren't going anywhere. We were wandering around. Yeah, and we were wandering around. Everybody was happy going to dinners and raising their money and occasionally being given control of Congress so they could do nothing. That that's over. Yeah, and and, and you know I think everyone over. is on both sides are, are are thinking okay, well Biden wins. Whew, we get to go back to the good old days. No, no. Those days are They're over. Done. They're There's... done. Because now, you know, now now the right has seen what it's seen. The Tea Party guys and the Trump guys have seen what they've seen. And truthfully, um, the guys on the left have seen what they see, right? They understand that their party, the Democratic Party, is every bit as committed to not making sure that anything that they care about ever gets a vote or gets considered. Um you know, and they're about to get a really hard lesson in that in the Biden presidency, right? He's gonna he's gonna try his level best to do if nothing. If he wins, if he wins, he is gonna do his level best to do nothing for as long as he can. So, once you've seen that stuff, you can't unsee it. Yeah. You well, I, you know, it's gonna it what it is going to. Uh, so the Democrats spent t- the twenty twenty race making the same judgments about the the voters who don't support them. As they did in 2016, you know, all this talk about how they were going to, you know, reassess and how they were going to, you know, figure out how to reach out to some of these communities. No way. That was gone right from day one. They are going to have that same problem, even if Biden wins. And the Republicans are going to have the problem of how to figure out how to keep these voters continuing to vote for Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, short of Don Jr., or Ivanka, I, I don't know where where that's where that person is gonna. Or who is that person going to be? We'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, you'll find out when you find out. But bottom line on this is, um, you know, Democrats um, have in my lifetime migrated from a party that of you know of really of rum Romanism and rebellion, right? A, a party based in the South and based on Catholics to now based on unchurched, um, um, you know, proto-Marxists. And they need to be thinking about who they're going to nominate next. This of course. Is, you know, Biden himself has said, hey, I'm the last moderate guy coming along. And he is. I, I'm convinced he's the last white guy who's going to top a ticket in my lifetime on the Democratic side, maybe in the Republican side too. I'm convinced he's the last thing that can even remotely pass as a moderate. You know, when you get Chuck Schumer... Getting yanked from the left. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're we marvel that how you know people were were reporting that uh, Jerry Gerald Nadler was the moder- was reasonable 
as chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. how far, far it, they've gone. It's too, crazy so. talk, right? And the thing is, if you're a Democrat, it's a huge problem. And I'll tell you why. Because since from 1940 to today, there's been one Democratic uh, candidate for president who's gotten more than 53% of the vote. Just one, right? And, and it's not Franklin Roosevelt, and it's not um, Barack Obama, who got 527 at his top end, right? Lyndon Johnson, right, in the washout year in 64 in the wake of the assassination of, of St. John Kennedy, right? So um, it, it, if you're a Democrat, and, you know, for purposes of comparison, I want to say the Republicans have done it six or seven times in those same 80 years, um, which sort of tells you about where the where – the, the, the country is. Right, the ballast is the country, right? So if you're a Democrat, you're like, wow, the last thing we can do is run somebody who's an overt socialist slash proto-Marxist, and the answer is – that's what you got left. That's right. The, the, you know? They won't be able to find somebody right. to be the wolf in sheep's right. clothing. Is that yeah? That's expression? right. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, the, you know, and, and, I always screw those you know, up sometimes, if, so I have to check myself. If you're a Republican, you you have a much simpler answer. All you got to do is is um, be you got to really be, care about p working class. Be, be a slightly American. be a slightly less tone deaf version I mean, of the guy we got. Mitt now. Romney had jeans where when he wore jeans at events, you could see the crease. Running down the front of them, right? I mean, that's that's the Republicans no. don't. They can no longer play the part. And I mean, you, you think know, when it. when the Tea Party delivered the Senate to Mitch McConnell, yeah. what did he do? Went right back to this. I mean, yeah. we, we can talk it, about it, his no, no, McConnell's no, ability and everything else. No, but the the Republicans keep getting elected on the backs of these folks, and they don't yeah. deliver. Eventually, they're Donald have to do Trump, something. at least as president, has tried. has tried to deliver. That's right. That's right. Genuinely tried yeah. to deliver. I mean, you think about the two guys before Trump, you know, McCain and Romney. Lovely people. Well, not really, but um, you know, accomplished well. I was going to say accomplished people, but not really. But um, people, right? And terrible candidates, marginal Republicans in the best of circumstances, right? So in a way, you think about 2016, you're like, it's amazing it didn't happen before this, that everybody on the Republican side said, the hell with it. Let's right. try somebody else. It's going to be interesting. If, if the president loses next week, 2024, campaign is going to start certainly before Thanksgiving, oh, right? yeah. And it's going to be really interesting. You know, Ron, I've said this before. Ronald Reagan, when he appointed Bush, and his popularity gave him two two terms, Bush got elected on the sure. Reagan's popularity. He was a third Reagan term, sure. And that hastened this this inevitable transition. Well, I'll I'll go back once. I'll go back eight years before that. Right, the most disturbing and disappointing moment in my political life was when. Ronald Reagan tapped George Bush to be his running mate. Everybody in the Reagan camp, and I, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, in the, I wasn't hanging out, having breakfast with right. the governor, but everybody in the Reagan camp viewed that as a treachery because we understood that George Bush was exactly the wrong guy to pick. Right. And all, and everyone who's like lamenting about Donald Trump is like, oh, I wish we had somebody more like Reagan, right, instead of Trump. But it's like, well, Trump is more like Reagan. Than any other Republican that has been put up since. Yeah, I, you know, I, I you have know, no idea what they mean. I have if no Reagan idea had Twitter, mean. forget about it. I have no idea what people mean. I mean, first off, Reagan was 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 certainly kinder, right? Um, of course, I'm not I'm not talking but, about the tone. I have no idea. What I'm they, talking about the 
Yeah, I know, I know. I hear the, this. I hear this stuff. The, all the coalition time. that he built. I I hear this stuff all the time, and I'm just like, I have no idea what the hell these people are talking about. Um, you know, Trump isn't Reagan. He's not nearly as good at a bunch of things, but he's better at other things. And I wonder if these are the same people who look at their wives and say, "Gee, if only you look more like Bo Derek, I'd love you more." I mean, it's just everybody's individual, and it really shows through in politics, right? Joe Biden is like nobody else in the Democratic Party. Joe Biden's like nobody else in the Democratic Party in like the last 40 years. If if Donald Trump wasn't Donald Trump, everyone yeah. think would think that Joe Biden was yeah, was a, a little crazy. Was a knob. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Biden's got a lifetime career as an instigator. It, you know, if he if he played hockey, he'd have a rep around the league <laughs> as an instigator. He's the guy from uh, what was the name of that movie? With Paul Newman. The mighty Slapshot. Slapshot. He'd yeah. be that brother. Yeah, he'd, he'd, <laughs> he'd be the instigator. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the great thing is, I'm totally cool with a guy being the instigator. But somehow he's now like, you know, a, a you know, the Mahatma Gandhi of politics. I'm like, this guy's been an instigator for like 50 years. He's been an instigator. So we'll see. But, you know, the, this this idea of stuff's going back to normal, whatever that is. Ogie. That's crazy. Oglethorpe. Ogle That's that was who his name was. Yeah. He's the Ogie Oglethorpe of the Democratic Party. But I mean, this, 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 where the the, you know, if if the downward, if if the elites and the establishment were a stock or a sector, I would say there's going to be steady downward pressure on them, probably for the remainder of our lives. Um, there just is. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time until until um, they figure that out. All right, uh, switching over. We were talking about energy. We kind of drifted back, but uh, I wanted you to comment on this. Um, I have my thoughts about it as well. But uh, I read an article that said the French government blocked a company from signing a deal. Yeah, sure. Uh, with a U.S. LNG yep. company based on concerns about Permian production. Yep. So uh, is this a anomaly or is this going to be... Oh, I, I something think, that Europe does uh, short of border adjustment taxes and whatnot. To yeah, try to I, I, think, the, uh, I, I think. And the irony, of course, is that gas is coming now from Russia, right? Um, where their environmental safeguards, I know, are vastly well, superior to the United well, States. Well, I mean, of the thing about it is, you know, Yamal, the Yamal and that facility, was sarcasm Yamal before. facility is, is the Russian facility at Yamal is really good, right? And it's got a really good theory of the case. They just keep the boats running into Western Europe, um, and they 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 do it at you know, it's like wellhead to, to Western Europe. So, but, you know, we've seen sort of the front edge of a trade war for the last couple of years. Um, throw carbon in there and that's what you're going to see out of Europe, right? This this stuff is going to happen in energy space first, but then in aviation, in chemicals, in steel, it's going to show up everywhere. And, you know, what the Europeans don't seem to understand is, is that... Um, you know, we're gonna we're perfectly happy to sell stuff to the oh yeah to, I mean to, to 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 Asia to the southern hemisphere we don't care we'll find a market for it but right. this is, it goes to show you that state when the state owns yes part of a company yes what can happen because yes. this wouldn't be an issue if the French government didn't have part ownership right they own about company. a quarter of that company and let me if the government is making that kind of decision. Then the people who work in the United States for that government are foreign agents, and they probably should register as such. Yeah, and that's a legitimate question, both with respect to um, French companies, um, British-owned companies, and um, in the energy space, especially Canadian-owned companies. Right? 
there's a fair amount of um, companies in Canada that the government owns a chunk of. Yep. Um, and now the Canadians have been like, you know, North Americans. You know, we're normal people, or us, the Canadians, the Mexicans, right? You well, know, the Mexican, nobody, uh, nobody, the, the nobody, president of Mexico is now saber rattling about private investment in, in their good. precious oil company, which good. we I'm, focused I'm, I'm, in our okay news clip that. this morning. I'm okay with that. You know, he's channeling his inner Maduro, and we we uh, see how it's going uh, in Venezuela. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottom so. line is nobody came to nobody came to this continent um, to have less. Everybody came to have more, right? You, yeah, and they should, of course. Don't they be ridiculous. Where's the new world, for God's sake? And nobody who says, hey, let's go to the new world so we can be poorer, said no one no, oh, ever. Oh, uh, another example, more rolling blackouts in California yeah, covered course. because they, of the fires yeah, this weekend. California is what they are. So. But, but anyway, so I'm looking at that foreign agent registration thing, and I'm thinking somebody in the office of division, office of public integrity of justice is thinking about it because I, I, how could they not be? You're basically, you know, th this country, this company – um, any company who has a situation like this, you're now you're basically owned by the by the government. Yeah, this was a seven billion dollar twenty year deal. This is not insignificant by any no. It's means. a big deal. It's a big deal. And when you talk about emissions, Russia, Russia emits way more CO two equivalent in their energy operations than the United States. Yeah, and methane is almost double in terms of emissions based on you know not my data. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't care about that. Um, you know the 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 well, that yeah. was the excuse for why they I did it. it. It was an excuse. The, the you know the the thing guys like uh, Emmanuel Macron, right? The thing the thing guys like that don't get is if you dig it out of the ground, it's going to go somewhere. Yeah. It's going to go somewhere. Yeah, the same with the uh, divestment yeah. stuff. Someone's going to invest. Someone's going to invest in it. You pull out of it, someone else will find right. the exactly. ability to invest exactly. in it. Exactly. And, and the only person you're hurting is yourself. Are yourself. Or your the the four hundred one k the seniors who you know rely on dividends it, it, for, you know what I'm having enough trouble um I'm having enough trouble losing elections in the United States, I'm not ready to go lose <laughs> elections in France right. Yep. All right. So this is our final show before the election. It's our final show period. We're not doing no this no no. I think we'll do another one at least one more. But uh... but but if you remember the press listening <laughs> and you're going to quote us, could you at least at least at least identify the podcast as you heard it at an unregulated yes, podcast. I agree with we that. We asked 100%. nothing other than that. Please source quote source where you get the quote. Help our sad and pathetic marketing efforts. We want to move up to 100 listeners. Uh, I think we're, we're on the triple cusp. digits. We're on the cusp. Triple, triple digits, digits, baby. I don't want to close with one final clip as we uh, ride into the sunset and then when we get back, I'm sure we'll have plenty plenty to unpack with this uh, with this election. Here it is. Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> 46th president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. That's a wrap. <laughs> We're unregulated. Bye, all. Peace. Bye.